Mood.tv That sounds like a good place to end this episode. Thanks for joining us for episode 201, everybody. We appreciate you. Yeah, I think I think that's a wrap. It's all downhill from here. <laughs> I don't know how to begin after that, I think. But I, I, nonetheless, I guess we have to... We got to begin, everybody. Derailed. Welcome back. This is a another, another week of Let Me Ask You a Question, the podcast. And we have... This is a family show. This is the... Well... This is a family style show for the for the hosts. I was going to say, you kept saying family show, and I'm like, but your family actually comes on here, no. so it's really not a family show. Yeah, it's not. This is not, it's not four, it's not four families. No. But we're, we're doing. No. Well, I mean. Unless you got a weird family. Well, yeah. I mean, if the family watches porn together, listens to this, I would think. This is for that kind of a family, <laughs> this show. But uh, this is another episode with just, um. The family of Lamayak. So we got the Gregor Man. Woohoo! What am I? Am I the big brother? The little brother? You're the grandmother. <laughs> <laughs> I deserve that. <laughs> we got EJ five thousand. I'm here, and I'm excited to say. I think if I, if my calculations are correct, this is our official four year anniversary episode. Oh wow! Wow. So I know the numbers are a little bit off because we did a couple extra ones in there. But uh, happy anniversary, guys! Been doing this for f- four years. Let me have a sip of my Modelo. I'll have a sip of my scotch. My Kurz Light. Congrats to us. We made it. Cheers. We made it to, to four years. Wow. A whole lot has happened, right? A whole lot has happened. A whole lot has happened. That's definitely true. Uh, some good, some bad, and <laughs> some we're still in the middle of at the recording of this. <laughs> we're all still here together. Yeah. Yeah, that's EJ5000 over there, who uh, he is the grandchild, I guess. <laughs> if Gregorman's the grandmother, he's the grandchild, and I will be third cousin twice removed. Yeah, you can have sex with them. That's true. <laughs> that's far enough away. I think it's required in certain places. Yeah, that's um, that's sadly probably probably the truth. Well, we're back, everybody. So uh, I prepared a question. I've worked very hard on this one. What have you prepared a question for? For the occasion of our four-year anniversary. I was going to say, let me ask you a question. Oh, let me ask podcast. you a question the podcast from Moot.TV. Oh, I oh, the podcast. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It is for let me ask you a question the podcast. Uh, and it goes like this. It goes something like this. I prepared it for the four-year anniversary of let me ask you a question the <laughs> podcast. But it's coincidental uh, because it doesn't have anything to do with that in theme. <laughs> Here it is. Uh, okay. Let me think. How am I going to phrase this? Uh, if I <laughs> here, here it is. It's something. It's something like this. If do you, do you think anybody has ever married? This is uh, well. Hold on. I'm going to preface it a little bit by because I know I know I'm talking for four I know, years. Folks, I know I'm talking in circles. Believe it. I know I'm talking in circles. I know. It's very complex. It's because you should, you should be inside my head sometimes. It's very, it's in, it's complex in there, and it doesn't always make sense. But I was intrigued still by that episode a while back that Sean, 
Arajo hosted and about why we're attracted to artists and things like that. And so I had a kind of follow-up question that that's not really particular. It's not that, but here's the thing. Do you think anybody's ever been with an artist who, who doesn't like their art at all and only likes them as a person? Is that, do you think that happens? Or do you think it's always like, if you're kind of defined by your art and you do art for a living, do you, does it have to be part of the bundle? I'm sure it does happen, but I definitely don't think it's the norm. But I'm sure people do meet on other occasions where they just like happen to click on a personal level and then they find out what their person does, you know, and like, oh, I don't like their music or I don't like what have you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot not to like. <laughs> this is a really silly reason, but I've been watching 90 Day Fiance under quarantine. Anybody watch any of that? I watched a little bit. Yeah. So it's it's great. It's like it's that terrible McDonald's, as Jim Gaffigan would say, of TV, but it's it's edited fantastically. And there happens to be a couple where I believe the the woman is from like Sweden or Scandinavia somewhere and the guy's from L.A. And she came over and he's like, yeah, you got to come see my band and I rap and it's awesome. And then like, it's fine. And she's like, I don't really like it, but I still love him. Yeah. And. They had already, because of the premise of the show, they are already going to get married. So it's like they're all in before she even sees and or hears the music. So there's like a kind of real life example of that happening. Um, but I'm sure that is not the norm. And I know uh, famously to give another television show reference, I watched the great uh, Seinfeld episode with Melba where <laughs> she's a, uh, a cashier, I believe, and he is a comedian and she finally sees his show and she's like, I want to break up. And he says, why? And she's like, I saw your act. It's not funny. Yeah. And he's like, we well, got to come on the weekend. And he's like, you're a cashier. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sure it does happen. And, and, and it's really, that's funny and interesting. But I think it's like a really deep connection if they still love you and don't like your art. Yeah, I guess that leads me to my next, my next question would be, because I can picture that more happening where you happen to be an artist. You don't, you're not known for your art or something. This is why it relates a little bit more to. Well, that's, I mean, I was just, that's what I was going to say is like, there's, I feel like there's also those situations where people are in relationships and they come into their art form at yeah. some point and they may not like them, but that's not going to change, you know, the fact that they love them. Maybe the result of it would, Ooh, but that's really interesting. But like initially at that, I'm sure at the very onset, like it wouldn't change anything. And then, you know, if that person changes because they got famous or whatever, but I feel like a lot of times those are those stories you hear about where they're like, Oh, they got famous, but they're still married to that person. And people are like, why? And they're like, because they were in love, like leave them alone. Yeah. Yeah. If your spouse started to create fecal art and became famous for it, <laughs> yeah, like uh, because I think part of the problem that I'm I'm interested in here was one of the many problems. Like, there's a lot of problems, but this is one of them. Is how much of them? It even relates kind of to the Tom question last week. It's like how much of them is is part of their art. You know, like are they different? Because if you're seeing this world that's inside their head that they're finally letting out through their anal cavity upon canvas, is that? <laughs> Like, is does it give you pause about your relationship? I mean, it really depends on the person and the intention, because to, to dial it back like a little bit, not even that much. There's like a lot of music 
That's very extreme. You know, there's a lot of films that are very extreme. It's very fecal art-esque. <laughs> I mean, you know, like uh, Aronofsky. Like, dude makes some heavy films, you know? I, as- oh, yeah. Or look at uh, Eli Eli Roth. Or what is the, like, the, the house that Lar- that Lars built or whatever it was? The house that von Lars von Trier. Mm-hmm. That's another one. I bet, though, you can still go out to eat with them. Like, I, I bet it's not all doom and gloom all the time you know even even these like black metal bands or you know like trent reznor where it's nine inch nails and it seems like everything's heavy yeah i bet you they 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 just fart and put their jeans on like everybody else so i think it probably has less to do with the output of the art in most cases uh and probably more to do with the personality with with some exception like uh i i'm at a loss but it was a few years ago there was that south american artist who like let a dog starve to death in the gallery That one would be close. That would be tough for me to draw uh, a line and and say like, well, this is the artist and this is the person. You know that that's an extreme. Those are those times where I say fuck art. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I mean, I I think we kind of should. Like, I get the, I get the concept, but you can do it as a think piece instead of a literal piece. And with the shit stuff, it's like, what's their intention? Do they think it's funny? They're like, I'm gonna put shit on stuff, but I don't make it seem like a thing. You know, like then I would be like, I'm all in on that. That's awesome. Yeah, let's make some yeah. money off of this poop. But like, if they're like. Uh, up their own ass then it might be a little different (laughs) (laughs) or out their own ass in that one as it were thank you thank you yeah no i think i think there there's definitely a a point to be had there about there is there is some kind of separation perhaps but i mean it would be bizarre though i mean because what we're talking about often with that kind of a thing is that there uh there's the person and there's the art that they make and that's kind of abstract. But if somebody you've been with for years and years starts getting into art that you personally find objectionable, that would be an interesting thing to kind of have to explore. I don't know what the answer is there because that's not where I thought this was going to go, but I find that to be really fascinating. Yeah. Because I think there is, no matter how you dice it, there's got to be something of the artist. I don't think they're totally separable. Yeah. Yeah, sure. And so I think it would be kind of an interesting thing if one of our significant others started creating shit art, uh, you know, around the apartment and it's messy and, you know, there's a lot of tarps around here now and and things like that. That would be, you know, it'd be a kind of a life change. And, and if they became famous for it. Or like if your partner all of a sudden, like on a, a specific day was like, I'm really into, uh, where was that pan flute music from? Oh, Peruvian pan flute music. So all of a sudden they come home, they're like wearing the whole garb. Not that they perform it. No, no, no. They're just so into it. Like, this is the thing now. Peruvian pan flute music. Yeah. But on the opposite turn, you have a aversion to it that is like a criminal aversion to it. <laughs> where something that they are now into, all in, you are so against. And you're like, I am so against your art that this is over. And it's like, no, I'm such a Peruvian pan flout lover that I would... <laughs> throw you to the wind because i love it so much like do you think there's ever been a time where someone like suddenly got into country music and then like they're like i I was abused to country music so i will never this is i'm drawing a line in the sand i guess that's another thing is can people how possible is that i'm sure there are stories like that i feel like that sounds like midlife crisis stuff yeah instead of buying it buying a new car you know you buy you you buy one yeah you buy yeah you get really into inti. Yeah, you buy you buy a llama. You go you go all in on the lifestyle. I'm sure that kind of stuff happens, but how how much credence do you give it? How much do you think 
oh, this is not a phase, you know, like you must think this is a phase. I would think if you were with that, if you were that person's significant other, I don't think there's a world in which you don't view it as a phase. I feel like you'd have to believe it was a phase if you didn't like it, you know? Well, like you're saying before, it's like complicated because just to be into something isn't weird, right? But to be like all of a sudden out of character, all into something and something that's so weird, there's other red flags going up too. It's not just like, oh, they just happened to really love the smooth, serene sounds of the pain flute. You know, you're like, there is an alarm going off here. Something is happening. What is happening? You know? Yeah, there's something. It sounds like something's missing in their life. See, that's a tough one. I feel like that's something I can get on board with, so I can't relate. But Yeah, I could get on board. I, yeah, I could get on board with it. But it would be, I think it would be hard for me to not see it as a phase, which sounds so condescending. Like the poncho. Yeah, yeah. If you're going all in on all that kind of stuff, stuff i feel i don't know i think i'd have to view that as a phase but maybe that's really shitty me because i guess the the question is do people really hard change like that almost overnight and then stay like that their entire life i wonder how often that kind of stuff happens well maybe your predisposition to believing that it's a phase is your fear that something like that could happen it wouldn't be a phase so maybe you want to believe that it's a phase because if someone did make a change that hard it would be kind of a red flag where it's like like you were saying there's something missing and it can only be filled by a pan flute. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta give Meredith a call and let her know what to do. Buy some Inti albums. <laughs> get, some, get some Inti albums. Get yourself a poncho and some like rock bead necklaces. <laughs> um, maybe get like a shaker because I feel like that'd be like what the, the person who can't play a pan flute who is super into Peruvian pan flute would get. It's all such like <laughs> those, those 90s, the weird kind of world music exploitation that went down in the 90s oh yeah which there was like crazy crossover in the mainstream too like the titanic theme is big time is like kind of that right yeah well yeah with that crazy flute that like it's i know it's supposed to be beckoning to east or northern britain i don't know what the deal is with that flute though i think that flute might be that that's kind of a a a british isles thing sure but that's kind of worldly at the same time you know it was like i see but it was british though it kind of all exposed well yes there's you know this is an even deeper question though because this is the kind of stuff i think about all the time now you know how oof this is a real can of worms you only think about deep stuff since you since you think about it all the time it's deep (laughs) well no but this has just been in, it's it's not that it's deep it's deep in so much as that the problem that you're talking about i think is so far reaching that i don't know i don't know how to be, even begin to uncover it because if only we had a podcast where we can talk about it come on let's have it let's do it well let's talk about it for a minute and then take a break and get back on track maybe we'll see where this goes but i do think about if you're talking about like how we reference in in the world of symbols, right? We we reference different cultures all the time in the music that we create. And how far down are we willing to kind of say that's not okay? This is an appropriation conversation, and it's like it's really it's really difficult to untangle that because there is a rich history of full on appropriating music and making lots of money off of it in dubious ways, but also. There's how do you untangle now that we have so much history behind us, like what should or should not be off limits? Like this is a conversation that many, many scholars have all the time, but it's just something that you you listen to music and you hear like this sounds like it's a cultural reference. And, and is that weird? Is that not weird? I don't know. It's just there's a lot to think about there. 
I'm I'm in the the belief that like as long as you're celebrating something else, then there's not really an issue. And as long as you're if asked, you're transparent with your references. I know Arcade Fire a couple of years ago gotten some flack because of some some island references, mm. and it happens currently a lot. But it, it seems like always currently misrepresentation of the people who are going after the other people. Yeah, it seems very very rarely does the culture that is being ripped off is the one that's upset. Um, sure, 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 sure. I see what you're saying. To, to generalize, to generalize. Right. Of course, there's yeah. always exceptions, but well, because then I was going to say, like, what about like Paul Simon? Yeah, it's, it's a very difficult. Yeah, no, he's perfect. Absolutely. He definitely made a lot of money. Totally. But I, I would think if you asked Paul Simon, he would tell you that he was, you know, bringing that culture to a more visible lane to to be experienced. Yeah. Which all even that statement is is double edged, though it shouldn't be. But like yeah. did they need their culture to be exposed? Did they need yeah. the help of a small white man to expose their culture? But at the same time mm-hmm. it's really cool. I like it. It's like I mean he found joy in it. I mean the Beatles, George Harrison, they Yeah. Maharishi, there's a lot of stuff there. You I mean know? this like the tendrils of this kind of discussion go go so incredibly Deep and it's, but the thing is, it's just so difficult because uh, there's no, there's no good answer at the end of the day. So it's, it's exhausting. Yeah, I don't think there's no, there's not a right answer, but there's a lot of, you know, it's a lot, of, a lot of fun speculation and totally, you know, and then we can, we can assume all day, and then you're like, oh, they grew up, their mom was from Portugal and their dad was from England, and then we're like, oh, okay, well that makes it okay, where we wanted to assume it wasn't okay because we thought that, the, you know, like it's so silly with the lines that we, mm-hmm. we try to divide and say, okay, this is okay and this isn't, and um, you know, it's, it's very, I think it's all good as long as it's love, it's all intention, it's hard to know what people's intentions. That's are. definitely true. Let's uh, let's take a break there because we'll come back and talk more about taking a shit on a on a canvas. <laughs> <laughs> we don't want to get too serious. <laughs> All right, we'll be right back. All right, I hope you enjoyed your break. I hope you made some nice scatological art. And we're back. So to rewind a little bit. Is that what it's called? I, mm-hmm. I would think so, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, scat scat art, scart. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how cute they get with it. I don't know if they have nicknames in that community. Scatart? For that kind of a thing. We'll have to ask a scatologist. Just, yeah. Uh, a scartist. Yes, yeah, a scartist. Uh, uh, so to rewind a little bit, let's go back a little bit to something closer to the initial question, uh, because where we initially diverged was we started talking about if you kind of got into it after you've established a relationship. But my question, a new question would be, what if the person is already famous? They have fame for their art already. Do you think anybody is ever attracted to them? just as a person and has nothing to do with their art at all. I, I agree with EJ's original sentiment, which is, yes, I'm sure it has happened. And I'm sure it does happen. But I believe the percentage is probably lower in 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 terms of, you know, greater than less than kind of thing. Like, I definitely think that happens far less often 
but I definitely believe it happens. And it happens to like, you know, a percentage of, of, it's not like it's like, oh, 1% of the time that happens. It's like, no, I think, I guess if I personally had to put a stamp on it, maybe like 15, 20% yeah. of the time. Because yeah, we, we love our percentages on, let me ask you a question. We love statistics and percentages here. We know how to crunch the most hypothetical of numbers. <laughs> Well, you got to think too, like if a relationship is going to last, it's got to last beyond the love of the art. And so mm-hmm. if people are, they're going to meet first and they don't know about the art and then they find out about the art and then maybe they like them more. So that happens. And then also I'm sure there's people that meet and then they, again, they don't know about the art and then they find out about the art and they're like, okay, that's just, that's not my thing, but this person's wonderful and I support them in the thing that isn't my thing. And I'm sure they stay together too, you know, it, when they stay together, I'm sure people break up too. I have a perfect example for you. My wife does not give a shit about our show. She does not listen to us, <laughs> but she enjoys the fact that I do it. We are also not famous. I am not famous. We are no Decidedly way not moderately famous. famous. <laughs> But if we ever got famous, I I guarantee you with almost complete certainty that she would still not care about our podcast. <laughs> she just likes that I do it. She likes that I get to see you guys and hang out and talk, but she does not listen. We can I can assure you we do not count her as one of our downloads weekly. Just wait till she gets into her scat art. <laughs> no, but my, my question, yes, I, I totally agree with that. But I'm wondering, let's just take as an example, somebody like Alice Cooper, you know, so Alice Cooper's got a very particular thing. And, and let's say that somebody met him well after he was famous, they, like they well, let's just assume for sake of argument, they are familiar with his music. Uh, but they meet him at a party or something. And they're because he always seems like I'm using him as an example, because he always seems so famously level headed and just a super sweet, super smart dude. So Wayne's world. Yes. But that's kind of how he is. Like if you look at him in interviews or listen to interviews with him, he is he is like that. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so do you think you can be totally familiar with his music? Not maybe a huge fan, but you know his deal and totally divorce that uncouple it from him as a person. Is that possible is what I'm wondering, particularly with people that are famous for their art? Still think yes. Yeah, I probably in his case even more so because he's doing like a thing. Like his art seems like a show. It seems like a performance. And so performance art probably even more so where it's like, oh, you went to work and you were an accountant and I went to work and I performed as Alice Cooper. It was just even his real name, of course, you know, so... I could see in in those cases. I think it's probably if you dial back to like <laughs> like these hardcore bands and stuff like that, where it seems like they are living that. It probably gets it gets more difficult with those people who are still quote unquote famous. But I think the the bigger performance artists and performance acts is probably easier because they're they are actually pretty far removed mm-hmm. from from their performance, you know, or their or their. Or their art. Yeah, definitely Alice Cooper. Yeah, I was going to say, I think it gets grayer with like a singer-songwriter. You know, you're you're in a, a different, a grayer area than you are with an Alice Cooper for sure. Yeah, Dashboard Confessional or uh, Pedro the Lion. Where like you're in a relationship and you know that at some point or any point, there could be an album that either is favorable for you or not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And you know with full certainty, I mean, throw Taylor Swift in that mix, you know with full certainty that that album is about you and for better or for worse, but it, like it is. Yeah, like, are we going to break up? 
because you've got a song that says we're gonna break up <laughs> you know like <laughs> or like you or like again those those two cases i said like there's these really heavy people or like uh elliot smith you know like to to date a man like that could you imagine trying to separate the art from the man like i'm sure that was that yeah, would you know that's difficult yeah in certain cases so i'm sure it's i'm sure it's a very a broad spectrum and probably what you're what you're saying anthony too is probably like depending on the level of fame there's probably different ingredients and levels to that as well and then also the person who gets the art like we we understand that artists and or musicians sometimes channel a certain part of themselves but that their performance is a performance and so like if if the three of us were to go to a show and fall in love with a, an artist we might realize that that's only one part of them as long as they dictated that in their regular persona i mean i, I like what you guys are saying i think <laughs> but no i, li- I like I, no i like i like that concept I'm just thinking about my, myself and maybe it's just I'm being cynical or negative or something. But I think when you take into account that kind of parasocial relationship where you know them, but they don't know you at all, I would find it hard to uncouple those things. Like I would, I would find it hard. And maybe this is because I've never met somebody that this didn't happen with, you know, because uh, I've, I've met enough people that are, are, are big in whatever they do or whatever you want to call it. But I've never been able to kind of just see them for them. But they're also, there's a lot of problems with them revealing that because I don't know that it's possible for them to reveal that once you have a parasocial thing going, you know, on a one-sided, you know what I'm saying? Hmm. So you can't chill is what you're saying. That's what it sounds like. Well, well, I don't know. I mean, what do you, what do you mean? <laughs> I, but I, I would also ask that, like, are you when you're meeting these people or, or interacting with these people, are you interacting with them because you are coming from the same uh, world, and that's like the, how the meeting is happening? Because I think that's part of it. Like, you're not just meeting them at a bar. You maybe you're meeting them for a business meeting, or you're meeting them at an event that is filled with other people of like mind and like talent and like art. And like you are now in that position. So like they're bringing to the table what they have to offer. You're bringing to the table what you have to offer. It is not just like we're two people sitting at a bar having a conversation. You are in in this situation where unfortunately social norms dictate that like you're going to talk about the thing and the reason that you are in this environment. Yeah. But I almost like that more. I think I think I, I enjoy that more because anytime you find yourself out and it's not their fault and it's not my my fault it's 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 nobody's fault but i just i like when you're working because then you're working there's something else to talk about but when you are at a restaurant or when you are at a bar together just hanging out i i can't uncouple the fact that this person is famous hmm uh and i and they can't either i think there's a lot of there's also a lot of celebrities that famously have problems with fame because of that because they no longer have a say in who they are that's, we've talked about this a few times on this show. I, I have to say from like, I, I've, I'm going to say thankfully I've gotten, a, I've, I've had a lot of practice in this. I do. And it's great. And I'm, this is one of the times I could say it. I, I sound like a dork or and or a douchebag by saying it, but I, <laughs> I got to be a photo assistant under some great photographers. And so I got to meet a lot of quote unquote famous people and, and, and straight up famous people. And in the photography setting specifically, nobody feels famous as everybody is now like we're taking a still picture for you that is going to be on the cover object yeah it's really really tough to do that it's hard to i mean i i hate having pictures taken i mean i ain't famous and so usually as my job as a photo assistant would be to interact with these people on a common level like 
sure, I'm starstruck because it's Lenny Kravitz or it's Dave Mustaine or it's I could I, I want to name drop all day, but. I, my job is to talk to them like a person and then they talk to me like a person and then we're able to get a photo shot, uh, like a, a good photo of them because we're not we're not playing this game. We're like, oh, I can't go to McDonald's and order a burger because he's Dave Mustaine. That I learned there and then also being a musician and, and rolling in some cool places and being a guitar tech and this and that. You can't walk into a room acting acting on that level. You have to kind of be a person first so that you can interact as a person instead of it being a job interview. Like, do you want something from this person who's famous or are you just there to interact as a human being? Yeah, I think, yeah, I totally, I totally agree that you have to, I mean, the most successful humans, the human side of those kinds of people, the most successful ones, I think, do walk in and, and it's about the work and it's about like, I'm a person and you're a person. Yeah, the cynical part of me is that they they don't forget that they're more famous than you because I don't think they can, and I don't blame them for that. I I I err on the side that like we all we are like I think more people have imposter syndrome than have I'm better than you syndrome. But it's not it's not I'm not making a merit argument here. I'm not saying I'm better than you. It's just simply the fact that you know me and I don't know you is weird. That's all I'm saying. Mm, Okay. Yeah. No, I'm I'm sure that that is a thing. Yeah. And but I, I I. I would always act in those instances, and I, I, I still don't disagree, but I would I would try to act in those instances, and I still will in the future if you're famous, quote unquote, and you're listening, that like, I'm just, I'm just trying to hang out. I'm just a human being trying to talk to another human being, and like, it's cool if you got a cool job, but like, everybody's job is cool to a certain degree, so... Oh. But there are, there's, of course, there's, I think what you're saying is true, like, the people have to deal with other people recognizing them and acting a different way. And so they probably at first are wondering if you do recognize them or if like you are acting with dubious or other intentions. And so there's probably layers upon layers sometimes with people. Exactly. That's the that's the web that I think, I don't know that that web can be entirely untangled. And that's why to bring us back to the uh, initial question of, or, or almost initial question of this half of the episode uh, about can you totally uncouple that in a way that you can fall in love with them and just totally uncouple? It? I don't. I just don't know that it's possible. Maybe I'm just really cynical. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. Well, don't forget those people do not always stay together. It's oh not like yeah, every famous person meets somebody in their like in long relationships. You know, so I'm sure their character at a certain point comes into play, and either they stay together or they don't. You know. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And this is absolutely if you're if you're listening and you happen to be famous. I'm not saying this is not an argument that you're douchey or something. I think it's actually Anthony don't want to hang with you, but I'm saying we can hang. No, I'm saying <laughs> no. I don't I'll say there's like a 99.9 percent chance that that is not happening anyway. So it's fine. I just think it's much more difficult for them. That seems really hard to not know if someone's being genuine with you. That's I would be that'd be painful. I think. So, yeah, I think most most of those people know when being at enough press junkets myself and being a part of a group that usually is asking questions that are not part of the norm, which is a, a usually always comes across to me from the talent side um, to be like EJ, uh, Sir Patrick Stewart, Sir Ian McKellen, Hugh Jackman, just to name a few. Um, drop them names, <laughs> hashtags, baby. Um, <laughs> um, you know, when you, when you get to be the people who are asking them the dumb questions, the fun questions that are not the same cookie cutter, what all of the, you know, entertainment tonight and any, any number of things are asked.
asking them the same thing every time. When you get to be a part of the group where either you have a college student asking them questions about their career or, you know, uh, the, the jokey news person who gets to just ask them dumb stuff. It's a breath of fresh air for them in that scenario. And they loosen up and they have fun. And, and you know, I, I, I get where you're coming from, Anthony, because like, you know, they don't forget who they are. Sir Patrick Stewart knows who he is when he is sitting in front of the camera speaking to a producer or an anchor or something. Yeah. Um, but there are still like, you know, barriers that you see fall in, in certain scenarios where they're like, oh, I get to have a little bit of fun right now. I don't have to use my prepared answers from my publicist because we're just, we're just fucking around right now. Yeah. The amount of people that are born famous are very small. So like everybody comes to fame and it's usually through hard work and then, and you know, and I know we're a little bit, we're in our mid thirties now. So there was like a different type of fame back in the day where now I think it's even more different where like, if you met a lot of these YouTubers or these people that like have put in the work every day, they're, they're not coddled by managers who blew smoke up their ass. Like, like we hear stories about the Rolling Stones or these other mega stars who I would agree with you, who just are so aloof from reality because they, they're in a bubble. I think that is more rare than the regular person. Most people are probably, probably pretty chill and probably looking to connect with you on like a, what's your favorite color level? Not on like a, what's your favorite album of mine level as a majority. This is why they should all be on Let Me Ask You a Question, because our, our questions have nothing to do with their fame. It's kind of the, it's kind of the nicest thing. What, one more thing before we wrap. We should wrap this up. But Greg, do you ever walk into a room and think to yourself, I'm Greg Baldwin? Um, very rarely. I feel like with my interview today, I kind of felt that way. <laughs> do you ever do that, Eric? Do you, do you ever go, I'm EJ Dukoski, like to yourself when you walk into a room? Yeah, but because I have imposter syndrome and because it's something that I need to do for myself. Like, yeah, right. I, like, yeah. I, and it works, though. Like, if I'm like, you know, I'm the most me, me that I can be, and then I'm proud that I am who I am, and then it, like, gives me some confidence that, like, I know I'm awkward, I know I'm silly, but I also know I have some good qualities, and it's going to be what it is. And so... As long as I'm doing me, that's all I can do. And so I do do that. You know, I, I don't I don't always uh, mantra it like you just did. I'm not always like, I'm the best, you know, but I, I do. <laughs> yeah, I do right. constantly be like, you know, like I guess I would just, uh, as we talked before, you know, I'm going through some interviews right now and I'm doing me. I'm like, be you. Don't try to be not you. Be you. And, and if it doesn't work, then it's not meant to be, you know? Yeah, that's a very beautiful way of putting that. <laughs> I changed my answer. I, I would honestly say the way my personality is, I almost never walk into a room and think that. But sometimes I leave the room thinking that. Nice. <laughs> because that's how I am. I'm like, I walk in and I'm usually not, but sometimes I can take command of it. And then I'm going to leave and I'm like, hey, I was Greg and you all fucking know that. <laughs> I do, though, also interestingly enough, walk into a room sometimes and say, I'm Greg Baldwin. <laughs> <laughs> it helps. It's better than being me sometimes. Yeah, sometimes you just got to channel that GB energy. That GB energy, yeah. All right. Well, if you ever feel like you're you're Greg Baldwin, dial in at 929-352-6173. And now, drum roll. <laughs> 
You can also send us a text. You can just text your question to 929-352-6173. So if you, you know, who who picks up the phone just to call anymore? It's so rare. Like EJ said, we're in our mid-30s. We didn't realize we could have been doing this for a really long time. And that's what the kids <laughs> do. Yeah. But we know this now. So just text it. Like, it's just easier. You don't have to, you don't have to call us. You don't have to speak. Just text us. Absolutely. And we'll try to do a better job on the show letting you know when we do have guests coming up. So if you want to ask them questions, we kind of drop the ball. Oh, yeah, that's true. With tobacco, with some others, but we'll try to be more proactive, let you know who's coming on. So if you want to ask them questions, then that could be cool, too. And you can email them at letmeaskyouaquestionpodcast at gmail.com. You could find us on Insta or Twitter at Lamayak Pod. You could also DM us there to send us questions as well. If you follow us there, hit us up, drop us a line. We love the write-ins. We want to hear what's on your mind and respond to it because we'll chew on anything. Uh, and then you could go on over to <laughs> Moot.tv. You should buy the swag. You should buy all of the swag for the holiday season. You should listen to the Derek D. Dozen. You should listen to Kyle Mocha Won't Shut Up. And you should listen to White Wasabi. And what else do we got? Anthony, in particular, will chew on your fecal art. Uh, just him. That's how I'll get famous. Chewing on fecal art. <laughs> uh, we have Thanksgiving coming up, and we famously have an episode with a, a Get Stuffed t-shirt uh, that's available on the Moot.tv shop. So head over to Moot.tv, check out the shop, and you can buy Anthony as turkey, which is pretty cool. Um, still want to promote uh, Hot, Wet, and Sassy from Tobacco. Thank you. If, you. if you're new to the show somehow this week on our four-year anniversary, go back and listen to the last two episodes. They're pretty cool. And go back and listen to the rest of them, too. we got some great people we've got to talk to over the years. Uh, thank you, boys, for four years of fun and, and, and drama and just everything. It's been great. Thank you for dreaming it up, Producer EJ. And here's to at least four more. And change and life changes and being there. Oh, and send snoods. It's send snoods send snood season. Oh, it's Thanksgiving. It is send snood season. I gotta I gotta make up a new snood. Yeah, yeah. Well, so uh, we'll be starting our send snood campaign soon. Start it now. And if you're if you're wondering what that is, check out the Instagram. And then and then if you're of age, yeah. And then scroll back to last November. <laughs> it's the turkey giblets. <laughs> All right, everybody. It's been. Another wonderful evening. I got to go buy a new pan flute and I'll see you. I'll see you all next week. Later, Gators. Mood.tv. <laughs> There's a lot not to like.